Good afternoon and welcome to Good News Updates from Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined today by Elena, who's here to speak with us about her experience of participating in the virtual meditation groups. Welcome, Elena. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to hey, be here. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Where would you like to start? Um, I don't know, perhaps, um, because I'm not sure how much everybody is familiar about the opportunity with the virtual meditation. Uh, maybe just to explain what it is a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, virtual meditation is an incredible opportunity to have a meditation period uh, that is very much like what takes place at the monastery or a group that folks might attend, but in the comfort of one's own home. Mm. Yeah, it's extraordinary, huh? The miracle of technology. All the same structure, <laughs> the 30-minute period of meditation with Sangha that you can dial into from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it really is, is, is just like that. I think the guidance is to you know, uh, be a little bit early, be on time in your position. Um, mm-hmm. And there is a... Uh, I think there are multiple ways to access it, but I'm a little old-fashioned, so I just go with the telephone. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a number uh, to call, and uh, people begin with the daily recitation in the same way, and so that's an opportunity to um, chant along and and use some of the resources that are given if you don't have it memorized. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then to have the 30-minute practice period and and to close out with the recitation yeah it really is like sitting with sangha huh it is and in in, in i don't know it's um there is a elena you're breaking up for me breaking up a little bit. Should I repeat that last bit? Is this Please, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Um, I was just saying that, that for me there's a special joy in that um, in hearing uh, the daily recollection begin and in participating in that um, because mm-hmm. it, I, I'm so aware of the distance and it, it closes so quickly upon hearing that that it kind of, my heart just sort of swells in a way that I think is even you know, we're not comparing, but it, it's a different way than actually being in, this, in the same room with folks, in some ways more powerful. Mm, in some ways more powerful, the heart swells when you hear the beginning of the daily recollection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say more about that. Well, um, you know, I think that, um, uh, or rather I know, that, you know, my experience in the last, several years has felt like a large departure from uh, what was happening before. And, you know, I project that for um, others in the Sangha, it may have been a period of having difficulty connecting um, mm-hmm. uh, for literal reasons, for the, the ways that our lives changed during the pandemic, um, for just the different stresses and, and patterns on that. Um, mm-hmm. 
And while I do think that I participated in the virtual meditation groups very occasionally before this period, um, it has, I think, taken on sort of an extra significance for me um, as, as a tool that I, I rely on more um, in, in these strange times. Mm-hmm. So in these strange times where we can't practice together in person, you found that you've been really called to up your participation in the virtual meditation groups, that you participated in them before, but now you're really participating in them. Yeah, and I think that um, mm-hmm. one thing uh, for me that has been um, important and has been one of the things that I especially struggled with in the pandemic was um, a loss of structure, right? From all of the daily routines that had supported me previously had now been radically shifted, both by the changes externally and changes that were in my, you know, personal situation with family and caregiving and my employment situation and so on. Um, and so, um, but, in, you know, in the same way that uh, at the monastery, you know, the structure and schedule of the day which provides a lot of support. Um, so come to find out, did my commute and my <laughs> office and, you know, my colleagues um, and, uh, and these other things that were, were no longer the same. So I um, have been struggling to sort of impose or, or create for myself my own supportive structures, and the virtual meditation is a wonderful way to do that. Mm, yeah, what a powerful example of just saying yes to an opportunity, right? So all these structures in your life, your commute, your colleagues, all of the ways that you would interact with family are are not available, right? And so you find yourself looking for how can I create that structure for myself and turning to the structure that's offered in the virtual meditation groups. Yes. And, um, you know, another thing that I think is a little interesting for me to practice with it is that, um, you know, for, for me on the East Coast, but I think it's the case for all of them, the, the offerings are not, um, there are some days where there's two offerings, there's um, some days where there's one, I think there's one every day, I'm not sure, um, but they're not always at the same time, right? Um, and so a, a part of me really wants to, um, uh, like, reject that, <laughs> right? Because what do you mean? So everything is always supposed to be at the same time. We're creating a schedule. Um, but it's been um, kind of nice to look at um, seeing, you know, the ways that I can embrace um, coming to the virtual meditation at the time it is offered and, and receiving it, um, uh, you know, in that way. Yeah, receiving the opportunity as it's as it's offered, right? Sounds like a chance to really get to stay present to what a structure is, right? So there's that kind of thing going on of, well, it, it should be the same every day, and it isn't, so you get to practice with that, right? Right, and even just look at, well, this, this is my preferred time, this is my second most preferred mm-hmm. time, and just kind of to laugh at, like, you know, the whole the whole story around that. Oh, I love it. So you're participating in the virtual meditation groups to support your awareness practice and the participating in the virtual meditation groups becomes part of your awareness practice, right? So you get to see all those beliefs and assumptions and preferences 
and see them from awareness as you go about wholeheartedly participating in these virtual meditation groups. Indeed, indeed. And even to the point where, um, again, I think that previously, uh, even though it's, it's very um, uh, well explained on the website and it's very accessible, um, I would, it would somehow manage to have some trouble with it. And then I just, you know, realized, well, h- how would I treat this if I were doing it like it were um, something for work or some other type of commitment? And I went and I put in recurring reminders on my calendar for all of the times that they are mm-hmm. offered. I, you know, made a, um, you know, contact in my phone that was for virtual meditation so that there's no fumbling around with the number Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And um, with that piece of intentionality, it really reduced a lot of the so-called, you know, barriers or resistance that that ego would love. Um, And away I went. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing in that is a whole lot of showing up right the what we practice is what we have and what we do is what we get so you set that intention as you say it was the intentionality that really shifted it for you putting the contact in your phone setting the reminders all as part of that process of showing up in the way that you were called to absolutely just very grateful Mm -hmm. for the sangha and for all the different opportunities and 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 so excited that this one is getting a little a little promo perhaps <laughs> right absolutely and as you say it is all clearly laid out on the website and if folks want to find that information it's under 2021 practice offerings on our website Wonderful. yeah yeah All right. Well, thanks for being with us, Elena, and sharing your experience of participating in the virtual meditation group. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Anna. Can't wait for the call. (laughs) Take care. Bye. And we'll turn the show over to Bob. Thank you, Anna. And thank you, Elena. Good afternoon, and welcome to Open Air. And good afternoon, Jen. Good afternoon, Bob. And before we start here, I, I hit the wrong button and ended the Q&A briefly. And so if you were in the queue, I just want to remind people they could just add themselves back in. Oh, perfect. <laughs> that does make it hard to have a radio show without calling in the queue. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that discussion, I, I, Jen, that I, I, you know, you might know I'm, I, lead one of the the groups, the virtual meditation groups every week. Mm-hmm. And um, just for my own self, just having a commitment to a regularly sitting with people in Sangha is just such a great support for my own practice. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I would project also for those folks who are fortunate enough as you are to um, show up to guide a group, that that's also a huge support, right? To be able to show up that way for Sangha to provide that for everyone else to have the experience. Right, and the thing that I just saw as you were you were, you were reflecting that is that um, it has the feeling of when I'm at the monastery, which obviously most of us cannot do right now, but, you know, and there's something on the schedule, there is no question 
whether I'm going to show up. It's just something I have on my schedule. That's right. And, 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 that, and just the power of that, <laughs> just getting goosebumps, just like the power of having just a schedule that I know I'm going to show up for and I've made a commitment to is just such a powerful, um, just a way to support myself throughout my week. It, it really is. And so many of the things Elena was saying just reminded me of that and the, you know, that piece of, it's funny how, you know, she was talking about how it's different on different days, the times that the meditation groups are. And one of the things that I've really noticed for myself in practicing with things like that is that there is a huge benefit to having, um, uh, I can't think of the word, but basically a rhythm, you know, some, a predictable rhythm. And there's also a huge benefit to not having it be the same every day because just as Elena was talking about, there's that place of, okay, well, the, the process of this is really important to me, so what are the structures I can put in place to support that? And that's what actually helps me to stay awake and to remind myself how important this is to me. And so am I going to be able to meditate at the exact same time every single day? Well, maybe not. Okay, but meditation is important to me, so how can I put it in place to really remind myself that I want to show up. And as we always talk about, one of the biggest ways for all of us is get the support of other people. So if I know other people are going to be sitting down to that virtual meditation group at the same time, then I'm going to look at my schedule. For me, I, you know, I'll look at the night before and see, okay, where is each thing going to get slotted in? Okay, oh, there's a virtual meditation group at a time that I can do it. Great. I'm slotting that in there. I'm giving myself a, a timer to remind me there. Such a support. Yeah, and and I can attest from personal experience what a support all that is, and and how um, I, I guess the resistance drops away after time to setting up those supports, you know. So it's just a very natural thing now. Like when I if I have yeah. a commitment like that, it just I usually tend to send, set two different types of reminders for myself, and and uh-huh. there's just uh, and they pop up and uh, and. And I just like this feeling. Oh, okay. Well, that's just the next thing. Just like it's just the next thing on the schedule at the monastery. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know about you, but there's there's even a bonus training. in if that reminder pops up, really at a time where I would I would have gone right past it without the reminder, and it interrupts something. That is such a fabulous training because yeah. ego does not want something interrupted like that. Can't stand it. And so that is such a cool training to go to. Oh, okay, great. Time to shift. I'm on it. I'm off to meditation. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. All right, Jen, I have some announcements. Okay. Becoming aware of our projections can give us a wealth of information about the programming that controls all of us. Beginning Sunday, August 8th, Sherry Nashwini will guide a new email class, the Power of Projection, that will include four virtual workshops. Registration for the class closes this Friday, August 6th, at noon Pacific time. And bring oh, conscious... about that structure. Yeah, 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 I mean... You know, I mean, having that... Because we use that, I guess it was a piece of the year-long retreat this year, um, where we would have an exercise, several weeks of exercises, I think, and then we got to process them, and it was such a phenomenal um, 
structure, and I don't think it's been used before in this exact way with an email class, so really looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, it should be great. Mm -hmm. All right, and I have another uh, practice opportunity here. So bring conscious, compassion, and awareness to your Saturday tasks or any project you choose at our at-home working meditation retreat on August 28th. Projects are a lot more enjoyable when we do them with Sangha, so join us for a day of fun and awareness. Right, and I think we're going to be talking about that on an upcoming um, Good News, hopefully, because those are got some fun things in the works for that one, I believe. So stay tuned. Yeah, and I've done uh, maybe all of them over time. <laughs> and, uh, uh-huh. I can attest that they're just, uh, it just, it tra- for me, it just like transforms my weekend. You know, when I have uh, that kind of yeah. commitment, all I can right. choose something that, yeah. you know, I have been wanting, to, putting off or something I just want to do and do with the support of Sangha. And it, yeah. it really is just, there's so much to see and so much, um, I don't know, for me, it's just fun to do. I mean, whatever task I end up choosing. Okay. Yeah, I agree. It is so much fun. Yeah, yeah. And for these and all practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. All right, Jen. So here is our first caller. First caller, you're now live on the air. Will you please introduce yourself? Uh, I wonder if you're muted, first caller. Oh, hello. I was double muted. This is Pasha from San Francisco. Hey, Pasha. Hello, Jen. I'm so excited to be on the air. And uh, what a great topic. Um, I just heard in a good news update about mm-hmm. uh, setting um, practice reminders. And... Uh, yeah. Uh, and I was saying, me too. I also find this is very helpful and supportive uh, for my practice, uh-huh. as uh, feels like conditioning is in charge of the calendar and uh, <laughs> have practice. It tries to cer- be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it tries to be in charge, and having practice inserted there is. Um, is is kind of interrupting of that uh, flow and it's having um, uh, redirect back to practice. Um, yes, exactly. So, so conditioning really tries to be in charge of the schedule, and putting mm-hmm. those practice reminders in there interrupts its ability to do that, right? And yes. so much so that often, you know, we talk about that place of you know, we bring our whole lives into practice. So, so much so that when we really, over time, stay committed to the compassionate schedule, then ego attempts to interrupt it, but the schedule becomes the structure within which our entire lives are practiced. Yes. And also what I heard is uh, is the word uh, structure. You know, the word structure is... um, for me, more relates to practice than uh, kind of conditioning calendar. Um, and um, what I saw also, uh, especially for my reflective listening bodies, uh, I struggled uh, 
a lot of the times to uh, like, oh yeah, I have it on my calendar, but where's the phone number and so on. But now I have, uh, you know, for all quarter, uh, every two weeks on a certain time, and I know the phone number is already in the calendar, and uh, and it has a reminder to remind me twice, you know, half an hour before and a couple of hours before. So it's not so like jarring. Um, right. It's more um, kind of a more gentle uh, transition to uh, whatever identification I might be at that time to come back to practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gosh, as you're talking, as you're describing that, Pasha, it just really seems like it goes along with the, the theme we're talking about right now in the year-long retreat, where we build that relationship with life, right, with the intelligence mm-hmm. that animates, with the still small voice. And so over time, you know, there's a way in which life really gets to know Pasha and what, what support he needs and, you know, what structures really help me particularly. Mm. And so for you, it's these yeah. things that you've realized, okay, so a, a couple hours before, it's good to have a gentle reminder that this is coming up, you know, brings me back here, mm-hmm. a little time to get yeah. here. And then another reminder half hour before, great, you know. So it sounds like you've really gotten to know over time. What are the supports that help you in particular? Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, and that worked uh, amazingly um, and, and made it possible um, to put together that structure that um, supports uh, Pasha in his practice. And also what I saw in that um, mm, about the practice opportunities uh, the the like I got the email that um, email classes coming up, and um, sometimes before I had this uh, thing. Oh, should I sign up? Could I do it? Could I not? Uh, this time it's just like okay, here's a reminder. I'm signing up. You know, and uh, will I be able to do it? We'll uh, we'll walk around that. You know, um, and I I put in my calendar his uh, email class reminders, you know, from beginning to end, so it's already there. So it, uh, it's saying yes, even before going into conversation, like what is it and how possible to do it. Because what I saw in my experience, um, life makes things work over time, yeah. uh, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, life makes things work. And that conversation that you're meant to have with conditioning around, well, how is this going to work, is really going to be a conversation of how is this not going to work, right? And eventually, mm. well, it is yeah. going to work. I mean, there's no way I can do it, and so I just can't. But instead, it sounds like there was the reminder, again, the year-long you know, retreat theme, there was the reminder, right? And immediately, you were mm. right there. Okay, great, I'm going to sign up. And it sounds like with that trust, with the, because you have had the experience, that life works it out. Life works it out. And so there come the structures, the reminders of putting yep. the, all the way through the class, all those reminders that will support you to remember that this is happening. The email class is happening. This is how to participate. You know, these are the times that are there for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because they're already in the calendar, when other things come up, uh, 
and, and they want to find their place in calendar, they will see that, uh, you know, those times already uh, are allotted um, for, for practice opportunities, like uh, at home a meditation retreat um, is already on the calendar. So what I saw about that was um, somewhere I saw the distinguished word uh, tenacity, uh, when uh, describing conditioned mind, is it's like it's always there and it always tries to do um, its thing. Yep. And um, to match that tenacity of conditioned mind, um, I find going uh, with yes to life, with every practice opportunity, is is. I mean, is um, I mean, is the best I can do because yeah, well, conditioned mind is what it's the best you can do because conditioned mind. What was that last part? Uh, conditioned mind is not gonna give up like one day saying, "Oh, okay, well, I'm okay. kind of uh, tired of that." Um, you know, I'm gonna walk away and disappear. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so it's so true what you described. The tenacity of conditioned mind is no, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 yeah. no. And so then it makes complete sense yeah. that the the antidote to that is yes, right? The tenacity of life, yeah. yes, right? So up comes the yeah. email class, yes. Up comes the yeah. at-home retreat day, yes. And just yeah. knowing that life will work it out, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes things uh, doable. Uh, it's not like yeah. here I have tenacity yeah. of conditioned mind and I have to sit and think about like, wow, how am I going to match that? How am I going to be so tenacious in my practice to match that? You know. Um, but what I find in my experience is just saying yes to every practice opportunity and, and showing up um, is enough. Uh, to, uh, to 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 not to give up practice, you know, and I'm I'm celebrating of uh, staying with practice, um, you know, so many years, and um, it's amazingly works, and I'm 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 so glad um, that I didn't quit when it tried me to. Yes, exactly, and you know, Kasha, isn't that such a good reminder because so when conditioning comes at you with its tenacity to remember it's I mean it's nothing compared to life tenacity compared to the to the practitioner compared to that commitment of so many years so many times of coming back coming back coming back coming back coming back and I loved your point about you don't want to get in a conversation with conditioned mind about trying to go up against its tenacity because that's going to feel yeah. way too hard and not doable, right? It's exactly yeah. like there was a conversation, I believe it was this morning on the radio show, that thing about, um, you know, conditioning wants to say, oh, this is so big, you know, this whatever that's happening is so big. But there isn't anything that's so big because so big only happens in a conversation, 
So mm-hmm. only conditioning would try to take us into, oh, conditioning has so much tenacity. How am I ever going to possibly go? Well, that's a story. So exactly as you're saying, yeah. the, the way to practice with that is just to be tenacious in this moment right here, right now. Yeah, yeah. Going uh, into like a fight with the conditioned mind, mm. it, it, it's going into conditioned mind. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's there, it gets me uh, into, like, um, thinking, it gets me, like, depressed about, like, oh, I have conditioned mind, or, like, it's so blah, blah, blah. But uh, coming yeah. back to here and what I can do as a next step, uh, exactly. and, uh, and I'm not going to go with his assessments of, like, um, you know, where am I in practice and how did I do and um, um, do I still get identified, you know? Like, I showed those stories uh, before, too. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly so. I just, I love that. Getting into a fight with conditioned mind is going into conditioned mind. <laughs> That's very clear. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yes. It doesn't work. I'm not going to win. Yeah right? Because the, yeah. the winning and losing is only in conditioning court. And as we always talk about, the, what we do is just walk off the court. <laughs> you know, just, I'm not playing that game. I'm completely yeah. not interested. Yeah. Yes. Walk off that court into silence. Uh, and that's what uh, I see in a kind of year-long retreat, uh, hearing that small voice. I have trouble of hearing that small voice like in the middle of the walk day, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm like, um, identified with a walker, and it's a lot of noise. But taking a break, taking a pause, uh, sitting to meditate, things drop away, silence comes yeah. in, and then boom, yeah. I hear uh, the still small voice. It's, yeah. It was probably always there, it just gets obscured by the exactly. noise and busyness of... Um, um, of of the kind of um, familiar identifications. Exactly. Oh, well put again. Well put again. Mm-hmm. We do, as we practice more and more, there's that growing suspicion that you're talking about of that still small voice is always there. And it does get drowned out by those identifications. Mm-hmm. We talked about being at work. You know, there's the worker. It's hard to hear it without that, that silence. And so, as you say, you pause, you meditate, you take breaks, you do all the things you can do to train to hear that still small voice because what we get to more and more is that's available, that's actually here happening all the time. I can't always hear it, which is fine, right? We're not in a hurry, it's not mm-hmm. a contest. But that mm-hmm. is why you're training that way, why we all train that way because we begin to be able to hear it more and more and more in more and more circumstances. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and when I'm not able to hear it, it's just uh, now serves a rem- as a reminder. Oh, exactly. uh, I am I'm in a, in a, I'm a, like, you know, like a loud sports bars where like everyone is talking yeah. uh, ever loud. There are three because, TVs happening, each on a different yeah, channel. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, um, and, and I just need to walk out of the bar. And so uh, that's why I I can't hear that voice. So it's not a problem. It's just a reminder 
and and oh, yeah. um, I've been there so many times. Then I know where the door out of the bar, yeah. and I know how to yeah. walk out. Yeah, that's directing attention, oh. isn't it? Knowing mm-hmm. where the door is and being able yeah. to walk out—that's directing attention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank wow. you so much. Powerful. Thank you, Pasha. Okay, so. Thanks for joining us, Pasha. And we have another caller, Jim. Okay. Next caller, you're now live on the air. Will you please introduce yourself? Hi, it's Jodine in California. Hey, Jodine. Hi, Jen. Hi, Bob. Um, this conversation is so fascinating. <laughs> um, and um, uh, I guess I can add um, kind of my own experience of of what's going on basically in the year-long retreat about attending to um, attending to life or attending to the the still small voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this really fascinating content that seemed like so perfect for, um, for the assignment, um, uh, which, which was that I, I was um, prescribed a medication um, that my doctor thought like may or may not help um, certain symptoms that I have. And so it was this thing where, you know, the doctor was really asking me to pay attention to the effect of this medication, you know, on my body. Mm. And you see where I'm going. It's like, it's like so perfect because yeah. in that kind of assignment, you know, I saw how um, basically how conditioning just rolls up its sleeves and jumps in there and <laughs> says, okay, we're going to figure this out, you know. Right. Yeah, this is a juicy one for us, right. Okay. Right. We're gonna well watch carefully to see what what impact this has on my body, right? Yeah, rolls up its sleeve. That's a good image, Jodine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like um, you know, it's it's ready. Um, mm-hmm. And to kind of cut to an insight that came up for me in reflective listening buddies. Um, uh, after some time, I got to the point where um, I was having side effects, which um, we knew might, you know, interfere, and mm-hmm. and they were really bad. Like it wasn't, mm-hmm. um, it, it was really seeming like okay, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was kind of getting ready to give the information to my doctor, which would be in the form of an email um, about mm-hmm. like, you know, how I attended to myself and and what happened and how I concluded this is kind of not going to work. Um, and I, I heard this projection, or actually it didn't seem like a projection at that moment, but what I heard was um, she's not going to believe that you gave it a good go, you know? Like, you didn't, um, it's kind of like, I was just being told, you, um, you didn't uh-huh. do this right. Got it. 
you know, in the form of, a, as we often say, double reverse projection. So exactly. what the doctor is going to project is what self-hate is, the method self-hate is delivering. You didn't give this a good try. You didn't really give it a go. Yes. And it was one of those beautiful moments where I happened to be in reflective list. I happened to be reflected, right? And I was like, yes. oh, my God, conditioning doesn't know that. You know, like, I, I have yeah. no idea what the doctor's going to say, you know. Yeah. The doctor could come back and say, oh, I'm so disappointed that this medication we thought would help you is not working. Right. You know? <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. So it's funny because when you started, Jody, when you were saying, you know, I had this insight and reflective listening, but I thought, God, that is the best commercial ever, and we hear it all the time about reflection, is that you truly got to hear yourself. You truly got to hear yourself. Like all those things that have been rattling around in conditioned mind, kind of in and out, and this and this, and the doctor's going to say that, when it got reflected back to you, you got to really hear it. And it hit you, I have no idea what the doctor's going to say. Conditioned mind says it knows, but it has no idea. Yes, and it's the... um, uh, It's just like the groove, you know, like that... That opinion, that projection, I've projected many times onto many doctors. You know, it's like that, you know, that conditioned thinking and like, yay, I didn't fall for it. Oh, huge yay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A huge yay. That is a giant, I love those moments in practice, Jodine. Those moments where, you know, I mean, it's just a moment, right? And you, oh, wait a minute, I actually don't know that. Look to the doctors. But in our own practice, those are huge moments, aren't they, where we suddenly see through something that forever, as you say, with a million different doctors, right, there have been those projections and they've just mostly gone probably unquestioned. And in this moment, by some miracle, you saw it and you didn't go along with it. Yeah, it's... it's um uh, it's kind of like, yes, I know what you mean. Like, I mean, I did love that insight, love that moment, um, especially because, you know, the projection was kind of condemning this doctor, and she's actually quite new to me, and I would, I would like to, you know, I'd like to, to keep her, quote, unquote, but it was like almost having me reject her before I even got to know her. Uh, you know, got to know, like, what's true about, you know, how our relationship might be or something. But, um, uh, but I, you know, but I was, I was really happy um, to, to have that insight. And at the same time, um, there's kind of a feeling of combing your hair backwards. Uh-huh. Do you know more. that, um, that uh-huh. expression? Yeah. It's like... Yep, I do. Yeah, it's like... It's not how I. It's not how this usually goes. It's not how this usually ends. You know, like the ta da da da. Yeah. Um, so it had that that you were really happy to have the insight, and it also had that feeling of kind of combing your hair backwards. Like, uh, this isn't how this usually ends. Right. Right. So it's like um, I don't know. It kind of. Um, it's maybe hard to put into words, um, but that, you know, that, that, that like, oh, I saw that, 
and um, and wow, I I don't have to, you know, I don't have to step in the in the pothole. You know, I, I didn't step in the pothole. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't know if you, it, it's come up a number of times in different groups recently, but the image of the Groundhog Day movie. Oh, right. What, right? It's, it's like, that's what you're describing, because at the end of the movie, there's that, well, this is different. It's tomorrow. And that's, that's right. kind of what you're talking about, it sounds like, of, well, this is different. I didn't have to do the same. I didn't have to step in that pothole. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's exactly the Groundhog Day um, moment, and um, and I think it just um, the last thing I would say about it is the um, um, what I what I saw in internally in in this situation is how much. Um, there's somebody who um, who uh, kind of is in tune or or knows um, what's good for me or what's going to work for me. You know, something somehow it someone is in tune with um, I don't know what's true for me and how how long conditioning has been telling that person like the noisy bar right like you can't know that you don't know that you know whatever it needs to shout you know for that person to kind of stand back and say well maybe not you know and to get to get into that habit of of questioning myself my own truth uh-huh uh-huh so if i'm tracking what it sounds like you're realizing is when you, again, as we were talking about that first conversation, when you do get still, when you do get quiet and you just look, there is a sense of what's so in this moment right now. You know, will it be true in the next moment? Who knows? Maybe yes, maybe no. But that, that you can, to use that word we often use, you can calibrate to that. And that it sounds like what you're realizing is for so long conditioning has been able to get you with, no, you can't know that. You don't know. You, I mean, that's not true. How, do you, how can you know and get you on a whole conversation around that? But what you're realizing is there is a process of just getting as still and quiet as you can and just seeing what you can see, tuning in of what's so for you in this moment. Yes, and it's, um, yeah, and it's, our attention, I guess, is, is being directed to that you know, in the retreat, and it's, and it is always, um, it's always there in some form, you know, if, if I'm yeah. looking to it. Exactly, exactly. Again, like Pasha was saying, that's right, it's always there in some form, and what we're training to do, especially right now in the year-long retreat, is to be aware of it, to be aware of it, to be aware of it, and to really build that relationship and realize it's always there, always there. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's great. I'm just, um, uh, you know, what a gift this particular assignment, you know, this, the, the yeah. retreat, you yeah. know, Sangha, everything. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and generous of life to give us so many ways to see it and practice with it in our own 
you know, tangible day-to-day lives. And, and the courage and willingness that each person is bringing to do that, to really, you know, be willing to do that with the content of, of each person's life. It's extraordinary. Yes, great. Okay, thank you so much. Mm. Thanks, Jodine. Gesho. Go happy. Gesho. Thanks, Jodine. And uh, Jen, I don't know <laughs> for you, but for me, that was just like a, a perfect encapsulation of what's possible when uh, we move from just like that intense focus on the content to just practicing yeah. and how much we get to see. Because you could see how like it could easily have been like, okay, is the medication working? Is the medication is, is the medication working? Right? Not realizing there's all this other stuff going on. Right. Right. There's voices. There's there's this whole process, and then, as Jodine was talking about, there's just all these things she got to see when it was no longer that just like focused on the content. You know, she heard, you know, judgment of the doctor or anything that she saw there, that it just just opened up this whole world. Truly, and you know, remarkable that any of us ever is able to even remotely answer a question like. What impact is this medication having on your body? Because there's so many other things going on. Well, I don't know because I'm in a huge conversation in my head about this and that, and there's that's having a huge impact on the body. And you know, I mean, just endless. So, what a huge practical way that that practice pays off in a situation like that, where we can actually, as you say, step back from the content and realize, great, this is a workshop in awareness. Yeah, yeah and, and what that kind of reveals for me is that how, you know, I can be walking along thinking that I'm just solely focused on trying to sort out some piece of content, thinking that that I'm seeing all there is to see. And and to see, that just seems like another huge bamboozle, right? That like once I drop out of that and just get here, um, all sorts yeah. of things, not just about the process, but also about the content suddenly became available. Completely. Because not only am I not seeing, as you said, it feels like I'm seeing everything there is to see. And actually, I'm seeing nothing mm-hmm. because I'm not actually seeing at all what's truly going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have another caller, Jen. Next caller, you're now live on the air. Can we please introduce yourself? Uh, hey, Jen. Hey, Bob. This is Brad in Maryland. I, I haven't been on the, the call in a long time. Yeah, nice to hear your voice, Brad. Yeah. Well, the reason why I was calling you is, is I, I remember when this karma started for me and kind of how it went, but about two and a half years ago, I started um, – well, let me just come out and say it. I started smoking marijuana, and uh-huh. um, it became a real karmic uh, habit for me. And um, it just became, over the past two and a half years, something that would happen every three to four days, and then there'd be one or two days or three days of use. Usually I – and what the funny thing is, is I noticed with the consecutive days of use, I would feel worse. And then it just became this whole karmic process around and around and around. And it slowly took me away from practice. And um, I, was, I was 
I had been to retreats and, you know, had spoken to Sherry about it and what was going on and, you know, and her advice. And, and what finally, after two and a half years, stopped it for me, um, well, first I want to say this one thing. I always remember in one of Sherry's talks about saying, you know, if you really pay attention, you can be completely aware as you're going through the karma. So I had many yeah. situations where I would actually be under the influence of this going, oh, here comes this part. Here comes that part. <laughs> Here's the part where I eat my head off. And mm-hmm. so what finally stopped it for me was just having the experience of eventually it would be so euphoric, but the payback for it in terms of how it would make me be depressed was just too big of a price to pay, and I knew it wasn't something I wanted to continue doing. Uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. in saying that, I don't have judgment nor thoughts on it either way. You know, and I've told friends, uh-huh. you know, it doesn't interest me anymore. And they're like, well, that's interesting. Maybe you could do it once in a while. I'm like, you know, that's not even the point. <laughs> the point is, I don't care either way, you know. If yeah. other people yeah. may choose that, I may say to them, well, see for yourself. But this is what I've learned, you know, because. Yeah. Um, well, and just, just to catch up with you, Brad, because you've already laid out so much, it really underscores, doesn't it, how using everything as a workshop. Right? Because, I mean, that's one of those ones where, I mean, conditioning really wants to come at us, right? I mean, you know, it means this about you, that you do it, and that you can't stop doing it. Oh, my God, that's the biggest one. I wouldn't even tell certain people on reflective listening calls that's what was going on because I was afraid of, you know, I was projecting on them what their judgment would be, you know? Yeah, exactly. Depending on what ego was telling you about the other person, so. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But... It sounds like from what you're describing, you stayed with it in the sense of going through it with awareness, using it as awareness practice and seeing so much about it. And then it sounds like one of the things that tipped the balance for you was realizing, you know, what you were so aware of what comes after it and all the suffering that it creates that it's just the, the payoff is not there. The payoff is for ego, not for you. And the, the scale kind of tips there. Yes, and I think it was Ashwini who talked about like having her karmic list of the first, the number one karma, the number two karma, the number three karma, you know. So now it's gone back to the number two karma, which is eating a little bit too much sweets and stuff like that and going unconscious that way. And I'm also so much more aware of, regardless of the content, the triggers that cause yep. the behavior to want to come up. For example, whenever I started to feel really good, that was when I wanted to smoke. And now that is when I want to eat cookies when I'm not even hungry to eat cookies. It's that, yeah. it's that hungry ghost wanting to be fed, you know? Yeah. Oh, I do know. And that's so helpful to have gone through one addiction cycle like that because, of course, everything we look at is essentially an addiction cycle, right? Oh, yeah. It's always going to follow those similar patterns. And so how helpful it is to have gone through you know, with the marijuana, all that you've seen about it and to know, okay, all those same things are now going to get put somewhere else. Right now they're getting put on cookies and how helpful yes. to know those triggers so intimately. 
I call it karma hopping or karma skipping. You know what I mean? It's like whack-a-mole. It's like, oh, there it is now on that content. So, yeah. But then as well, as Sherry mentioned the last time I spoke to her, it's the same process. And the same benefit I saw realizing that the payoff is for ego, I can realize that with the cookies as well as the marijuana. Exactly. Exactly. And bring that same level of just watching every piece. Just really paying yeah. attention through all of it, the awareness piece. Yeah. Right? Because and one last thing. They, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, go ahead, Jen. I'm sorry. Please go. Let's see what you're going to say. Oh, all I was going to say is that that's what can assist us from being just pushed through that cycle. Okay, now it's here where you feel really good and you're going to do that. Okay, now you do that. Okay, now you have to feel really bad that you did that. Okay, now you have to decide that you're never going to, right, blah, blah, blah. But, yes, maybe those, all those things happen or maybe they don't. But the point is not to make sure they don't happen or they do happen. The point is to just watch it all and be aware, be there with it. Yes, yes. I mean, I think on one of Sherry's talks, she said, until there isn't a thing that you don't know about it. Exactly. And that's where I got with it, you know, so. Oh, God. And, and lastly, I wanted and, to say that, you know, that has become the, you know, w- with the way that it's being legalized over the country, you know, when I talk to the mentor about it and recording and listening, I'm like, well, regardless of the perception of it, our experience with it, whether it was legal or not legal, is still the same. <laughs> it doesn't exactly. ultimately benefit me, you know? That's right. So. Cookies are legal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, well, exactly. thank you so much. And that's, and that's so helpful, Brad, just because then it reminds us that it really is about my own practice and what what works for me and how I want to take care of me, right? It's not about what someone else thinks or what any of that. Yes, but, you know, ego was using that particular content with that being there, you know, with me being a father of two small kids, that that was like the most irresponsible thing I could do. And, you know, the beating it wanted to give me afterwards, and then I had to practice not beating myself up, and, you know, just, again, working through every part of it, so... Yeah, not not being willing to be beaten. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just again, underlining something you said just a second ago, which is the thing about <clears throat> where Sherry said, until every single little thing is seen. And one of the things that's so great about that is, okay, so then when we're back in it again, you know, with the bag of cookies or whatever it is, then there can bring it that be that sense of humor and lightness and compassion of oh apparently there's more to see here <laughs> okay well let's yes. pay attention and see if we can see it yeah. yeah yeah and all of that transfers from one piece of content to another that's right exactly so. all right yeah well it was really nice to talk to you it's really nice to touch you in. too yeah. everyone's well yeah okay right. care. don't be a stranger okay I won't I won't I hope to be around a lot more take care. <laughs> Okay, excellent. We'll look forward to it. Bye-bye. You got it. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Brad. And here is our next caller, Jen. Next caller, you're now live on the show. Please introduce yourself. Hi, this is Stefania. Can you hear me well? We're getting feedback. Okay, so I'm going to take off my uh, headset. 
Okay, great. <clears throat> okay. Can, can you hear me oh. now? Yeah, Becca? very well. Thank you. Okay, yep. good. So, uh, thank you for uh, getting my call. Now, I'm... Um, I've been thinking and hoping to be able to talk to you guys because of a situation that is getting better. So I was pleased to hear all this talk about the karma and the thing. Karma is something that I don't understand, meaning I'd like some guidance on understanding what is karma and how can I learn from it. I'm going to say a few more things and then... Um, basically, I was having, uh, and I still have, but a little bit better, a problem with my husband. And um, communication, uh, communication and uh, uh, connection and other things. And I felt many times in these 20 years that we've been married that he has been my karma, meaning I learned, I learned a lot from being with him uh, about good stuff. But there's a lot of garbage there still. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like I learn. Right. Why do I need to say this? He's a human being. You're a human being. So by definition, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm trying. And, and I mean, it was good to hear other uh, people in the car, in the sangha, are saying, are saying they have issue with their husband because I feel like, oh, maybe you know, everybody that has a good practice would not have this kind of issue with their husband. So I'm pleased to know that I'm not the only one, but. I don't understand exactly how can I, yeah, how can I learn or get uh, more from the understanding of the karma and from my difficulties with my husband, basically. Uh -huh. So let me see if I'm with you, Stefania. So having been married quite a number of years now, and it sounds like issue, you're aware largely of issues around communication, around connection, and you feel like you've learned a lot with him, through him, in this relationship with him, and there are still things that are really hard. And so what you're looking at now is how can you learn from, those, from being with him? How can you grow in the relationship with him? Is that what you're looking at? Yes. Uh, yes, but also more in the understanding of is learning from these difficulties karma or uh, basically two weeks ago I was really ready to uh, seriously consider divorce because I felt okay. like it's not worth it to, you know, yeah. it's good to learn, but I can learn without feeling so miserable, basically. Right. And, right. and then luckily few things got better. Um, but basically, I often, I'm, I'm 54, and I'm thinking, is it worth it to keep going with this so hard relationship until I die? You know, is that what mm -hmm. karma means, that I need to stay in this relationship to continue to learn? But I know I can learn yeah. also without suffering so much. I, I think I know, because many times I feel like I'd rather be alone than with, with him. You know what I mean? And I so see. that's what I'm trying so, to understand. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it feels like, again, if I'm tracking, that it feels like, okay, wanting, you're wanting to understand what karma is because if karma means, okay, well, I really need to stay with him in order to work through, quote, my karma, then maybe I would do that. Hello, sir. But I'm sorry, I lost you. Time? I lost you for a few seconds. Can, can you repeat what you just said because I, I lost you and I was terrified. Sure, <laughs> sure. I was looking to clarify that. So what... 
um, I was kind of seeing the connection you were making with karma. So it sounds like what you're looking at, the question is, is what karma means that I should stay in the relationship with my husband in order to work through this karma? You're looking at whether it's kind of that's, the, that's what is being pointed out with karma. Kind of, yes, kind of. Is is like basically my karma something, is my karma basically related to my husband so I need to stick with him even if I feel like my time is not worth it, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. It's kind of the, the $5 million question, right? <laughs> um, yeah. That, that really, yeah. I would guess every human being on the planet in some way, in their own way, is asking themselves, right? Because everyone has their version of what you're pointing at, I project, anyway. And so it sounds like, Stefania, that a couple of weeks ago you got to a place where it felt like, no, it's just, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. I can't, you know, yes, maybe I need to learn these things, but I can learn it on my own. It's not worth as much suffering. And then something shifted and it started to feel like, okay, it's all right, maybe I can stay. And so it sounds like there's sort of a back-and-forth duality with it. Yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, I also connected with, I remember one time, I don't know how it happened, but we're talking to Sherry, and I think she wasn't talking to me directly, but basically she was answering someone saying, you know, uh, basically she was saying something about you should stay in your relationship. I mean, in your marriage, unless it's violent and it's terrible, uh, basically, uh, and I don't know how she actually said something so kind of black and white, but I remember this phrase, and uh, and I was like, well, you know, she said you need to stick with it, and, and it, I don't know if it is relevant to this, but um, yeah, sorry, I'm confused, and I'm co- making uh-huh. more confusing. Well, and Stefania, I wonder if, um, are you, I wonder if there's a sense of that you need to, quote, figure this out in some way. I repeat, sorry, I, I need to figure it out, what? Well, in other words, is there a sense, sort of, because it sounds like from what you're describing, that you practice with this. This is a huge part of your awareness practice, is is this relationship with your husband. Yes. Would you say? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And so it sounds like from what you're describing, there's maybe a sense of, well, you need to figure this out. Oh, yeah. I, I need to figure it out. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that is the case. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I, yeah. Again, I... Well, yeah. and, and one of the... Sorry, one, just quickly, one of the reasons I was, I was asking you about that is that, you know, what we get to is, okay, you stay or you go, but we still have to face the karma, right? And, and in the sense that as long as there's ego, you know, as long as we're in relationship with conditioned mind in some way, which for most of us, we are on many, in many, many ways, and for you, this is one of them, right? This is a place where you suffer. Yeah. Then we stay or we go, but either way, we, we will need to face the karma, right? Which doesn't mean, okay, then I should stay or, okay, then I should go. 
but it just is how it works. Yes. Uh, at the same time, is this statement in itself that is a little bit confusing, because on one end we are saying, you know, I feel like my relationship with my husband is part of my karma. And at the same time, of course, karma is going to follow me in my life. And at the same time, I cannot explain what does it mean to have a karma or to work with your karma or to work against your karma. If you can try to help me to understand more this um, well, this concept. I'm not actually, yeah, I'm not actually sure I can help you to understand the concept. <laughs> because, okay. and this is just this is just my experience, Stefania. You'll have to, you know, look to see, and you can report back. And also, you know, having a calling in and having a conversation with Sherry would be fabulous. Um, but from my experience, I won't ever understand the concept of karma because mm. there's only practicing with what's happening with me right now in this moment. Mm. Mm. And so that, to me, is why, you know, something like, okay, I stay or I go, I'm going to have to face the karma either way, for me, that can be remarkably liberating because it's very reassuring to me to realize that if there's a button in me that's getting pushed by something that's happening whether it be in my relationship with my husband, with my kids, with my coworker, with the weather, with the, you know, my bank account, whatever it is, that thing is pushing a button in me, then for me, what I get to is, well, then that button can be pushed. And so that's, that's a way that, that life is showing me where, I mean, if we wanted to use the word karma, we might be able to use it there. That's, that's a place where there's still karma, where, where I'm still vulnerable to going into conditioned mind. And as an awareness practitioner, if what I really want is to be free of those places, then the fact that those buttons get pushed, you know, it, it might be hard. I might have days where I hate that or I'm frustrated or whatever it is is going on goes on with it, and that's okay. That's all of it's completely all right. My reaction to it, my relationship with it, how I work with it, it's all okay. But ultimately, if what I want is to be free of it, then I don't try to set up my life. I think we were talking about this also this morning on their show. I don't try to set up the circumstances of my life to avoid those buttons being pushed. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Which is tricky because then people will often say, okay, then I should be in a terrible job with a boss that I hate in a horrible, you know, blah, and that, that will make me know, you know, that it also doesn't mean that I need to set up my life in circumstances that I'm always miserable. I mean, you know, so mm. it's, not a, it's not a content thing. It's not one side of a duality or, or the other. Mm. It's simply mm. the reality that, you know, we have what we have to face. And can mm. we be with ourselves in compassion and patience and all those things, unconditional mm. love, as we face it? Mm. Mm. Yes. So, yes. So, basically, what I understand is the first thing is that uh, there's not going to be a 
right or wrong in staying ongoing and uh, the fact that karma means everything if you want that is uh, still triggering my life and make me feel either challenged or unhappy and those situations would happen in different settings so it's up to you to change your setting but knowing that things would eventually happen in different settings and that is your karma and by becoming kind of uh, I wouldn't say neutral, but definitely less upset, which I have been less upset with many things in the past 20 years. I learned to be much less upset about things. Then I'm kind of don't need to get out of those situations because I overcome my karma about those situations because they're not triggering me as much anymore. In some way. Yeah. Yes. So, so the part that that really stood out for me in what you were saying, essentially, if I again, if I'm with you, is then everything that happens to us. So, in this case, the things that that get triggered for you in a relationship with your husband become opportunities for us to um, bring everything into compassion. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I don't want to say a but, but the but comes up, and the thing, yes, bring a thing in compassion. However, my problem is that when I try to, actually, I have issue, I guess, to learn compassion, understand compassion, because then I feel like compassion becomes a little bit more taking care of other people and not taking care of myself and how good I feel about myself, you know. And that was part of the issue that I think I had in these past 20 years, that in the big picture I tried to take care of other people, including my husband, and I'm talking also emotionally, and I feel like, but I feel lost and alone while I do that, and I think I need to take care of what makes me feel happier or more complete and more... um, in in communication, in empathy, in uh, um, yeah, and so that's again the thing that I need to figure out <laughs> when it would be that I feel like I I I need to take care more of myself separate from the environment where I am. Yeah, and again, yeah, right, and again, really, the thing that's so right is that in a in a situation like you're in we there's no right or wrong right there's no Mm. good or bad we just do whatever we do and see Mm. sorry we do whatever we do and i lost your last word and and see ah and see yes yeah 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 Oh, thank you so much. So, yeah, well, thank you, Stefania. You know, it's just, it's such a good reminder that it's, it is not always easy, for sure, you know, what we're up against. And yet, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an extraordinary way to live, to use it all as an opportunity to see what causes us to suffer so we can drop that and end suffering. Yeah, mm-hmm. no right, no wrong, no good, no bad. It's truly practice. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh. What the quote from two days ago? Sorry, the quote for two days ago, and then I'm gonna end. Sorry, too. It was yeah. like uh, you learn, you work by working, you study whatever, you learn by learning, yeah. and you love by loving. And I was like, yeah. wow, I need to, I need what to understand I what does it mean to love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that, Stefani. I'm so glad you ended with that. I loved that quote, right? And you yeah. love by loving, and you don't, yeah. you know, all those things. You don't. It's not a contest. It's not good, bad. You just you go out there and you learn and you fall mm. and you get up and you. <laughs> so yeah, mm. that's how we learn mm. to love. Yeah, mm. that's great. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Gasha, right. and thank well, you, Olga Sanga. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks, Stefania and Jen. That is just a really powerful conversation. Um, and, and the thing for me that 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 pointed to is that no matter what um, I'm looking at, whatever decision I'm trying to make or trying to figure out, that like that it really is, you know, to be doing it, uh, you know, in a conscious, compassionate way. And when I when I notice that I'm not, I, I know that I don't need to actually. It's actually not helpful to be focusing on the the content or figuring out or anything like that. It's just like, okay, well, I, yeah. I was gone. Let's let's get here. Let's actually. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, Bob. Exactly. That that when I am in kind of one of those loops that God knows we all get on the <laughs> that that can be the flag to say, okay, whoa, hang on a second. I know it's not about the content. This is just a reminder for me to get back here, to get back here. Where I can, as you were saying earlier, just tonight on the show, where not only, you know, is there a lot of process, information for me but often there's even some information for me on the content level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah 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 and and the, the last thing i'd say about that is is that i i once saw the kind of looking at the same process around the content of work you know should i stay or leave a job mm-hmm. and, and yeah. probably the most helpful thing to me is is that at some point after kind of looking at that for a long time I, I left and then i found myself in a conversation once in a new job that having a conversation in my head with someone I no longer worked with at the old job as if it was really happening. And it was just so instructive that it, was, it really wasn't about the job. It didn't make leaving that job wrong or ha- should I have stayed, would have been yeah. right, anything like that. It's just like, you know, like you yeah. were talking about, you know, the, our karma is going to follow us and we'll get to see, we'll get to see it. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, we'll get to see it. Good phrasing. We'll get to see it. So don't don't worry about it. <laughs> Life will make sure that you get to see it one way or another. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of Thanks, this week's uh, open air gen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Go happy. And Gasho, go happy. Bye bye.